Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hi, this is Dwayna Litz, and you are listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Today's topic is where do you find happiness? Happiness is an elusive thing. It hides when you're desperately looking for it, and it shows up when you least expect it. Happiness doesn't come at the snap of a finger and for the most part doesn't come from the places you'd expect it. No, instead I find that happiness gently blows in like a summer rain when you're busy and in the throes of something big. In my personal journey, I found happiness in relishing over the beauty of God's handiwork through gazing at a magnificent cobweb or hearing the rushing of a waterfall. I felt my happiest when I was with friends who made me laugh or at an event where people had ideas and purposes in common. I've experienced happiness when delivering my three girls amidst the pain of labor or when I push myself to the limits of climbing up a mountaintop. Happiness has eluded me when I've given talks to large groups of listeners, led worship to the best of my abilities, and listened to encouragement from others. But deep happiness, that true happiness, seems to have come to me when I wasn't desperately searching for it. It seems to have delivered itself upon my doorstep in the sounds of laughter of my three girls giggling, in a piece of chocolate cake with fudge frosting baked especially for me from Grandma Mary, or in the written notes from my sister-in-law, Mary. A few months ago, I experienced a boatload of happiness when my Best Life Ministries team delivered a conference in Prior Lake. As I watched each one of them doing what they do, leading worship, running visual arts, speaking, selling merchandise, assisting, setting up, and driving, I felt incredible contentment and happiness in knowing that God has brought us together. Happiness and contentment seem to travel hand in hand. I find those feelings daily in my search for God's truth and His presence in my life, and I embrace them vigorously in my passion for my sweet husband, Farmer Dean. We've seen happiness, and we've experienced loss. We've embraced hope. We've witnessed fear and grief. But when happiness blesses us with her wonderful appearance, we thank God, we praise Him, and we realize for the most part she's only visiting for a short while unless we literally welcome her in and make her a part of our everyday world. Finding out that happiness is here to stay doesn't always happen, but trying to make happiness, finding it in the places that you don't typically believe it will stay, that's where happiness resides. Knowing that God is really the only true deliverer of happiness and contentment is a key, but finding that happiness Holding on to it is always determined by your mind, your spirit, your soul, and your actions. Where do I find my happiness? Well, from my faith in a personal relationship with Jesus, from spending time with family and my fabulous husband, from spending time at my little church and being with my friends and doing good things for others and for God. Those are the fulfilling pieces of happiness in my world. So today on my show, I just wanted to pop in with a quick phone call to my youngest daughter, Janessa, because sometimes happiness comes from the places that we don't even think about or realize. So Janessa, 
as my youngest child today, I know that you often have joy-filled moments from different places. So tell me, where do you find your happiness on any given day? Well, I know that happiness does come in different places. And sometimes I find myself with my daughter, Cordelia. She and I are painting at the table and those happy little brush strokes that she makes, unintended and joy-filled, those are some of my happy moments. Other happy moments I have is baking recipes that my mother sends over for me to try for any of her pie socials. I get excited when I can share those with not only my mom, but um, her church congregation as well. Thanks, honey. You know what I love? I was so happy when you made that gluten-free chocolate pie for Saturday night. So thank you. Thanks for popping in, honey. <laughs> yes. Love you. Thank you. Love you too. Joining me today to discuss this topic is author, speaker, musician, and president of the ministry, Lighting the Way Worldwide, Duana Litz. Duana is the author of the book called Happiness, No Man Required. Welcome to the show, Duana. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Duana, I love your book. I got a copy and I read it and it's fun and it's funny and it's creative and it's energizing and it's really smart. So in this book, Happiness No Man Required, you say um, that you have 50 tips for single women to be happy with or without a man. How did you come to write this book for women? Um, and, and I love it because this book is on relationships. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, it's not at all against love. Uh, it's actually only against uh, the humiliation of addiction and uh getting with the wrong guys time and time again because perhaps a woman doesn't understand her worth apart from being in a relationship. So, uh, you know, women love it who are not Christians. Of course, it's written from a Christian standpoint, but um, there's really something in there for everyone. Um, I did write it from my heart. Um, The inspiration behind it was simply the surprise of not being married by now But as I look back on the guys, just like I said in the introduction, they've all been wrong for me. And that certainly includes the men that I've met in churches. And uh, I I got on the Internet and did the Christian Internet dating sites and did Match.com and all of that. And the stories are really pretty humorous. (laughs) But uh, I think that I just was so afraid of um, not getting married by a certain age and, and not having kids and it was really until I surrendered all of those plans to God and just basically said, I'm, I'm not going to compromise in this area. I'm certainly not looking for anyone perfect, but, um, you know, I'm a very unique person, and uh, if I don't meet the right person for me, it's okay. And I have better things to do with my time than to sit on the Internet and go through profiles or you know, at one point I thought I could become a professional dater here with all these dates uh, that you can have, and there are just other things to do. So I find that I am happiest when I am um, helping others, as I say in the book, counting my blessings, pouring myself into my work, and just being all I can be, um, not, not looking for a guy, because I've I found that to be a very lonely experience. I think it is a very lonely experience. I know I went through that before I met the fabulous Farmer Dean, and it was really a very big challenge, especially in today's world. Don't you think, Duena? Because I know for me, I remember one date specifically. I showed up, and 
the man had um, a picture that, you know, was probably mm-hmm. from 20 years prior. And so that was really tough because, you know, it was a sweet little old grandpa I was having lunch with, but that wasn't what I expected. And right, right. listeners, one of the things about my friend Duena is that she's absolutely beautiful. So, um, you know, when, when we're talking about her dating people, she's, you know, she's not somebody that you wouldn't want to date. But I love that you're being particular because you're looking, you're not settling. You know, you're looking for that specific person and letting women know that they don't have to have someone to be happy. So some of your 50 tips include, and I'm just going to kind of quote them here, you don't need anyone who has hurt you. I love that one, Duena. Or leave Mr. Wrong without gaining weight. That's fabulous. And don't date as friends. Okay, these are all really smart, so I want to talk a little bit about them. But one of my favorite tips was tip number 16, and that was don't Uh kiss on dates. So Uh tell us a little bit about, you know, any of these, but especially the one about why you don't think it's a smart thing to be kissing the date. Sure. Yeah, it it, it qualifies for an explanation um, because I also said don't date as friends. And what I meant is don't mislead a man. If you're not interested in him, he likes you or he wouldn't be asking you out. And um, when women say, oh, we're not dating, and yet someone's going, they're going out all the time, they're, they're dating. Yeah. <laughs> so what I meant by that is don't mislead a man. But then on my tip of don't kiss on dates, uh, you know, that being said, you take your date seriously and you, you think about whether or not there's enough compatibility for something real. And... Um, the reason I said don't kiss on dates is because it's one of the smartest moves a woman can make. Um, you know, some women feel that maybe society teaches us that at the end of the day, you, you need to kiss the guy. And that's just really not true. And I cite some both humorous examples and some, you know, uh, serious ones where, um, you know, I can think of this guy in, in Atlanta I went out with and he was cute enough and entertaining but over dinner i could tell we are as different as day and night and this guy's not right for me at all so at the end of the day i I made the mistake of kissing him and i really enjoyed the kiss and so it became this thing where i the chemistry starts working uh due to a hormone called oxytocin that all women have and it can confuse the situation and keep us from thinking clearly so what you really want is to have compatibility with a guy and enough chemistry so that you're really having a great time and you can't wait to see him again without kissing because that means you have something real. That's <laughs> it's so, very that's rare, so true. Yeah. that's what you're looking for. Right. And if you don't have that and then you start all of that kissing too soon, not only can it confuse you, but it can really lead to a very humiliating addiction Mm-hmm. Uh, so when women say, oh, this doesn't, you know, it's just a kiss, it doesn't mean anything, or a lot of women, of course, today, they sleep around, and they say, "This is we're just having fun. You know what? There's nothing fun about an addiction. Mm-hmm. It's, it, can, it can be very humiliating. So uh, it's for a woman's own protection that uh, she has to think about these things and be smart on dates and think with her brain and go have fun look incredibly great, and, and at the end of the day, tell the guy, I really like you, but I'm going to have to get to know you better before I kiss you. And I've told that to guys, and uh, they just, like one guy in Atlanta said, um, 
said, oh, so how long am I going to have to wait until I kiss you? And I said, uh, well, I'm going to have to get to know you first. And I continued to practice that uh, after I left Atlanta and moved to New York City and dated the guys there. Um, it's just a good way to think clearly. And you know what else I love is that um, things stay calm, and when, when you're not meant to be, you can stay uh, in touch, like, you know, on social networking sites, and things don't have to get to the point of tears and all the drama. And you can just, now, when you have a lot of chemistry before the compatibility, that makes it even more difficult, but that's even more the reason to uh, practice that tip and to get to know the man first. Exactly. And I don't you think, Duena, it's the way that men and women are just created differently. So a man, for the most part, will take that sign of, you know, a goodnight kiss as, oh, this is going great. You know, let's yeah. move forward. And especially in today's world, you know, you really have to be safe because you don't, you know, you're on a date. Say it's your first date. You don't know who this person is or what they're really like. Um, yeah. So you need to be able to be safe. And and if they're willing to date you and get to know you, they're going to be okay about waiting to do that kissing. In your book, at the end of the chapters, you have a short paragraph that is the homework for the reader about that tip. And I think that is so smart because it really makes women use their own brain. You know, they're not just reading what you're saying, but now they're going to put mm -hmm. it into practice. So tell our listeners how you came up with this idea to give homework for your readers. Well, yes. I wanted my readers to practice the tips and apply it. And um, so to change a habit, you know, it, it, it takes time. Uh, they say, you know, 30 days, anywhere from 30 days to three months to really cultivate a new habit in life. And uh, so I just encourage them to um, apply the tips. And homework is sometimes to research the things that I have taught. Um, I did a lot of researching on, you know, men that are addicted to porn and um, how it influences their ability to, when I say intimate, I mean be vulnerable enough to truly fall in love. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's mm -hmm. true intimacy. Sure. And um, I just touch on things that are uh, worth researching further. So, uh, you know, I recommend certain interviews and um, in the book, I talk about how that studies have, have shown that women fall in love with, we fall in love with our ears, <laughs> and men fall in love with their eyes. So sometimes a guy that really tells you everything you want to hear can actually be a very dangerous person. And uh, so I talk about that and the signs of, you know, personality disorders and psychopaths and all of that. Uh, it's it's really worth thinking about what out there in today's culture because times have changed so much. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's hardly a week that goes by that we don't hear about these terrible shootings, and yet the people who knew the shooters say, I can't believe this. I He seems so normal. So it's really scary. And it, is, and it yeah. just it proves the, the point I'm making the first tip that it's too dangerous a society, sadly, to really be able to fall in love anymore at first sight. That's right. You've That's got to get right. another person. Exactly. In one of your chapters, Duena, you talk about being an overgiver. And I think that a lot of women would see themselves as that description. Tell us about mm -hmm. what that looks like and what it does to a relationship and how we can avoid that. Okay. Well, it's a man's place to give 
and it's a woman's place to give back. So real men love it. Real men love giving, and uh, men that are not real men and boys, well, they don't—they like to be chased, and it's too scary for them to to be vulnerable. Now I speak like I'm a therapist. I speak like I'm so smart. <laughs> you know what makes this book so unique is that I'm just a person like anyone else. I do dedicate it to a counselor who taught me a lot, but I am just someone who is who has uh, had some good counseling decided to apply it, and woke up one day uh, so thankful to finally be happy on my own, comfortable within my own skin, not needing a guy to affirm me. But it doesn't mean, see, I think some women think that if they get to that place, then they're never going to meet the right one. It doesn't mean that you're so jaded that you don't know how to love or that you don't give somebody a chance. It's just that, you know, again, in today's culture, uh, if you stay smart, it may take a little longer to find somebody to date, but what's the alternative to date someone and be blindsided and uh, distracted from where you're meant to be in life? Well, of course not. So, um, you know, yes, it is written from a smart perspective. Uh, I think the gist of the book is that it takes work to be happy, but it's worth every bit of the work. Um, You know, tips like count your blessings. Go help others who have less than you. That is such a, that is so true. It makes me so happy. I have a nonprofit and helping others truly makes all of my problems seem so trivial. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the tips work. Um, anyway, uh, you know, like I say, it's easier said than done, but, um, it's, the, these tips are, are for our protection as women. Right. So listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, and we're talking with the fabulous author, um, Duana Litz, and she's written this book called Happiness, No Man Required. And it's got incredible tips and insights and, like I said, personal stories so that it really helps the reader. Um, Duana, leave us with one important bit of encouragement for someone out there who is sad today because they just can't find that someone special. I would say... Pour yourself into your work and into the talent that God has given you and uh, all that makes you, you. And as you are fulfilling your life's purpose, you can absolutely trust that if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. Sounds fabulous. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Hey, listeners, one of the things that makes me really happy is this song by Tim Hughes. It's called Happy Day, and I think you're going to enjoy it. And one of the things I know personally is that if you have a faith in God and a trust in His Son, Jesus Christ, as Savior, it's going to make for a happy day. Let's listen.
that song so much that my family for my birthday a few years ago bought me a necklace that said that um, some part of that song it was really cool just so that I could remember it but the neat thing is that we can have happiness but you have to remember that people are not going to bring you happiness it's not going to be a magical thing that happens hi I'm Susie Sunshine you're Bobby Smith let's be happy We don't find happiness from other people. We're going to find true happiness from God, from his love for us, and from serving him. So I agree with Duana's advice. If you're looking for somebody, you're going to have to really find out who you are, be knowledgeable about what you're looking for, and then open up your heart and your mind. Don't just look at somebody and say no because of how they look. Give them a full opportunity and see what they're like, see what they're about, And if you already have that special someone in your life, then you know every day with them being married is work. But there's always happiness when we take on a mindset that says we're going to be happy. Friends, today we're talking about happiness. And one of the things that makes me happy is leadership. I love being able to lead my team. And so right now, here's my friend John Jennings, and he's going to be talking to you about leadership moments. This is John Jennings with Leadership Moments. Raisin Wisdom by Jeremiah Palmer. I love raisins. I buy those little sun-made cartons and snack on them during the day. On the top flap of each carton is a little piece of advice. The other day I was greeted with the following wise saying, Fear is information. Don't ignore it. Fear is one of those emotions that can paralyze us. It can throw us into a rudimentary fight, freeze, or flight response. For most of us, fear is something to be avoided at all costs. Yet, fear truly is useful information. For instance, many of us are fearful of snakes. Of course, not all snakes are dangerous, but some are. Your fear is information about potential danger. The fear that many of us are more familiar with is less instinctual. We might fear speaking in front of a large group. We may fear what others think about our work. We fear letting someone down. We fear an upcoming year-end review. These fears are important in that they get in the way of us making meaningful change. They reinforce existing behaviors which we desperately are hoping to change. As destructive as our fears can be, it's no wonder that we ignore them. But we do so at our own peril. There is insight in the fear. So how do we take advantage of the information? First, we start by building awareness of when you are fearful. For many of us, we've become desensitized to our fears to the point we are unaware of them. Hard to find the insight from the fear when you don't even know you are fearful. Secondly, when you recognize your fear, don't rush to eliminate it. 
Just sit with it. What does it feel like? What do you notice in your body? What are you learning? Third, put your fear into words. Capture it in a journal. Speak it aloud. Own it. Fourth, ask yourself some questions about the fear. What's driving it? When does it show up? When do you first notice it in your life? How is this fear useful at some point? How about now? What is it keeping you from doing? Being. Lastly, start capturing what you learn every time it shows up. What is the insight? Follow these steps and start to glean the information provided from the emotion fear. John, thanks so much for those tips on leadership and for that help. Well, friends, how about some simple steps for happiness today? I like it when people talk to me about situations, problems, challenges, but I also want to know, do you have any ideas for me? And here's mine. Number one, happiness can come to you by letting go of negativity. If we remain complainers, we're drainers, and we lose all of our hope fillers. We just want to be with people that are happy. Try to avoid those people that are drainers and don't be one yourself. Number two, do things for other people. When we serve others, we receive a blessing and it makes us happy to help other people in need. Number three, take care of yourself with soul care. Here's what I mean. When you feed your soul with the good things from God, you do things that are encouraging, like seeing nature, praying, reading scripture, encouraging articles that you're reading, worshiping God in song, helping other people, even taking a nap. These are all encouraging things that are going to fill you up and take care of your soul. Number four, live today. When we look back, it just creates depression. When we look forward, it creates worry. But living right now and today helps us to live to our fullest. Number five, and lastly, don't look for happiness in other people. Don't expect happiness from situations. Just stay open to God and He's going to bring you happiness. He'll bring it to you in the places that you never expected. So keep your eyes, heart, and your ears open. Listeners, I want to encourage you today that God knows you personally. Did you know that? He's created you, so it's so easy for Him to know what makes your spirit soar, what feeds you, what makes you happy. For me, it's simple. I'm happy when I'm looking outside of myself and in the moment. What makes you happy? Is it serving at your church, serving in your community, listening to great music, baking a batch of cookies, golfing, sewing some curtains, fishing, spending time with your child, or doing anything like being out in nature where it reminds you that you have a glorious God? Whatever it is that you find great comfort in, whatever it is that makes you smile or laugh or get that wonderful feeling of pleasure or contentment, bask in those moments of happiness. Remember those minutes, appreciate and value them because life can be hard. So when we finally attain moments of happiness, give God the glory, live in the moments, enjoy them, and be propelled from them right into a state of mind that's reflective, contemplated, grateful, and happy. Happiness, well, it's a gift from God and it's a frame of mind. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, thank you for all you're doing in our lives. For the moments when we feel peace and experience contentment, thank you. For the times when we're overwhelmed because we're with our favorite friend or our darling grandchild, thank you. For all of the times when we felt encouraged or experienced a moment of joy and happiness, we relish in those moments. We praise you for those moments and we ask that we will be grateful and appreciate them. 
Because happiness isn't something we summon up. It's something you bless us with. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.